Hello and welcome to the next episode in our series of Beyond Brexit podcasts. Today we're discussing the future for financial services in a post-Brexit world. I'm Gaynor Bagley, PwC's Head of Corporate Purpose, and I also chair our EU Steering Committee. I'm joined by Andrew Cale, Head of Financial Services here at PwC, and Mark Hoban, Board Member at the City UK. Mark and Andrew, City UK and PwC launched a really interesting report over the summer, setting out a new vision for the UK's financial services. Actually, with my role, it seemed to be talking about the purpose of the financial services sector. Are you able just to give me an overview of the kind of some of the key findings? So I think at the heart of it was a how does the sector respond to the challenges that sees around it? Not just Brexit, although Brexit is front of mind for many people but the emerging digitization of financial services, uh, the growing threat from offshore financial centers in Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, new financial centers we don't know about yet in Africa or the Middle East. But also what was, uh, I think, driving it very strongly was the sense that the sector had lost the trust of people and the work that PwC did with Citizens Jury brought that home. And that to recreate itself, to transform itself, sector needed to rebuild those levels of trust and to demonstrate it was there to serve its customers, whether that's you and me going into our local high street branch, bank branch or insurer, or whether it's a great multinational seeking to trade across the world. So trying to recreate that, that sense of trust and that sense of identity. Why, are this, why is the sector here? What it's for? And where, whose purpose is there to serve is really important in driving the report. Yes, that's really interesting. But I could say that Surely you were always focusing, the industry was always focusing on its customers. So what, was, what did the report say that the industry actually had to do to change in order to become more trustworthy, if you like? Yeah, I think, I think as Mark says, what was interesting about this report, and I think other reports produced by the industry have often been self, quite could be self-congratulatory. We talk about the importance of the sector, be it tax revenues or employment numbers. What was really interesting talking to companies when we did this study was them reflecting there has been a need to rebuild that trust with customers and find their purpose. Uh, and that might be formed out of a view that there's been certain scandals and therefore the public at large, ref- you know, they react to those scandals. Or actually, you know, the consumers don't really understand the products. Uh, and therefore, that there's a lack of trust, not out of any necessary scandal, but also that they just don't trust the underlying nature of the, the service. Uh, and so I think the, co- the the companies we spoke to in this survey really recognise, as, as well as re- uh, respond to, to Brexit and technology and geopolitical type challenges, really engaging with their customers on a day-to-day basis, providing services they understood today, but recognising buying needs were going to change going forward, they had to invest in trust in quite a significant way to, to, to provide that sustainability. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, just, I think we should just emphasise the point that this was something that came not just from customers, but from the bank CEOs and chairs that PwC interviewed. So there wasn't something that's been imposed upon the sector from outside, something that the sector saw was a failure in itself mm-hmm. and wanted to correct. And I think that's really important. So I think that recognition it, that they want to change actually is really important because if they don't want to change, then nothing will happen. Oh, it, it, so it the, leaders- the leadership yeah, yes. is right behind this. Yes, yes. So as well as the industry having to change, uh, from its own sort of motivation. Of course, as you alluded to, there's a lot of external factors, Brexit being one of them. There seems to be so much uncertainty about um, both timing and kind of the actual details. What do you think the industry should be doing to really maximise its potential against that background? So I think there's a couple of things I'd say. First of all, uh, businesses need to be ready for Brexit. You know, people can't put off 
uh, their plans for relocation services where that's important to serving their customers in the future. But I think that Brexit is only one challenge. And it was, I was talking to uh, the CEO of a bank who said to me, you know, it's really important, Brexit, but the two things that are keeping you awake at night are digital and Chinese banks. And I just thought that struck me as a very powerful insight that, yes, you must prepare for Brexit, but you must prepare for the future as well, prepare those emerging challenges. Yes, that's interesting. When you mentioned, you mentioned China, you mentioned Singapore earlier. Andrew, what's your sense? Do you think that in whatever changing world we're going into, that London will remain to be the kind of financial hub that it is now? I think it is now an interesting question. If, if the question is, will London continue for the foreseeable future to be a global financial hub? I think, I think without question, um, n notwithstanding challenges of Brexit or other such factors, changing what's been built over hundreds of years is, is going to take a lot of time. There's no, certainly within Europe, no centre that could replicate what London does anytime soon. Uh, so I think we are looking at a uh, at a timing issue, but there is a threat. We, we see if we, you, go, you, back through history, you go back through history and you see um, other centres have those challenges. So we can't. We certainly can't be complacent. But I think, as Mark says, it, it's critical now that companies plan for the future, and that's investing in talent, it's investing in technology, and customs and products and services, etc. But certainly in the context of Brexit companies are having to activate those contingency plans because they don't currently have the certainty today, particularly over transition. So I do think we, we face a period of time measured in years where we need to evolve to what life will become post-Brexit, which is what the study tried to, to focus on. But the here and now for the chief executives and the companies is how do I, how do I respond to an unknown, which is exactly how will Brexit impact the country and exactly how will it impact my, my company. Mm -hmm. So you said, you've talked there about in a kind of very confident, flexible way of dealing with the international challenge. What I thought was really interesting about the report was the way it talked about financial services throughout the UK. And actually, almost if we did nothing, that's likely to change quite significantly. Did I read that correctly? You, you did. And you know, there are 2.2 million people working in financial and related professional services, two thirds of whom are outside of the M25. But when you look at where the value was created, it's predominantly in London. And I think one of the big strengths of this report is a clear vision for how we ensure that centres outside London grow and how actually they, become, they generate more value. So it's not just a back office function that's happening in, in a Birmingham or a, Bright, a Bournemouth or a Belfast or Glasgow. It's front office, it's middle office, it's the professional services, it's the lawyers, the accountants who support and sustain these operations. And I think that's, that's one of the transformative things about this. You can't just assume it will be London in the future that provide the core of the UK as a global financial centre, it has to happen at a regional level as well. Mm -hmm. I think what's really powerful, if you look at the report, it talks about a 16 billion impact on financial services, as Mark says, much of which, it, which would sit outside of London. If you apply the, the multiplier effect of what the, a more efficient financial services sector could do to the economy as a whole, then that becomes 43 billion. So the dividend here of taking this approach um, is very significant. Yes, that's really interesting. I thought it was really interesting. The, the growth rates outside London were really quite dramatic. So if you think the impact that will make on Manchester or wherever, that's, that's really important. So um, another kind of Brexit-related issue is obviously talent. Uh, and, you know, I, I know from my client work, sure you're the same, Andrew, that, you know, London attracts people from all around the world, but also from Europe. Um, and financial, this financial services industry seems to be ahead of others. How is it reacting to the uncertainty about flow of talent, where talent is going to come from? 
When, when we look, when we did the report and we were speaking to companies, they identified a, a multitude of factors that were obviously important to them going forward. But without question, the single most imp, uh, imp, important factor was access to talent. Time and time again, chief executives were saying that if we don't create and sustain an industry where the very best people in the world want to work in this industry from wherever they may um, sort of originate, then uh, then the industry is under threat. So I think where what we tried to do in the report is explore how we might do that. And I think in quite an innovative way, we came up with the idea of, for example, the digital skills visa, where recognising the the importance of the the fintech sector, the ability of uh, technology to transform this industry without those world class skills working in the industry in the UK, London or, or the regions, the industry was going to suffer. So the idea of a of a skills visa that provides um, sort of natural advantages to allow that talent to come here and stay, uh, I, I think is a is a is a is a very strong recommendation and one that would really make a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, do you yeah. think see us? We should just remember that, and that's the the importance of business to develop their own talent mm -hmm. as well. You know, we can import skills that we need, and sometimes I think over the last few years we've right upon the spot market for skills. We bought them in as we needed them. Uh, you know, we talk in the report about the need to develop links with universities. Very good examples in Belfast, for example, the relationship there between businesses and universities. Uh, firms are paying a lot now in the apprenticeship levy. So how are they using the apprenticeship levy to recruit apprentices who perhaps don't want to go to university or use that money to retrain older workers? Uh, and so I think it's a combination of getting the right uh, immigration and migration policies in place but also making sure we grow our own talent as mm -hmm. well for the future, particularly to meet the digital uh, skills that we need yes. for the future. Yes, so that's what was really interesting about the report. There's a lot of um, dealing with that. actually how can the industries themselves not solve the problem, but, but take responsibility for, for adapting to this changing world across a whole range of areas. Um, do you think that we'll start to see announcements coming quite soon, you're giving the point about the clock ticking, we're heading towards 31 March 2019, about some some members of the industry actually taking some quite dramatic moves in reaction to, to Brexit or other changes they see coming? I think people are doing it slowly and steadily and quietly. Uh, so people are putting into place their plans, people are implementing their plans. And you've seen people announce uh, relocation, you see banks move to Frankfurt, insurers to Brussels, to Paris, uh, asset managers to you know, Dublin, to Luxembourg. This is happening. Uh, no one's going to sort of stick their head above the parapet and say, and we've moved X thousand jobs this week, but it is starting to happen. And we should be very alive that, to the fact that the longer we take to get a transition deal, the bigger the impact is going to be in an adverse sense uh, on the sector. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think a factor that's related to that, if we cast our minds back to that time before Brexit, the issue was grappling with a whole number of issues. Um, that we, we cover in the report and businesses were responding in certain ways and that was attacking their cost base, it was looking at their business model and of course that meant moving people around internationally. So Brexit, whilst it's a, it's a hugely headline grabbing topic, it's just another factor that these businesses mm -hmm. are now mm -hmm. putting into their operating model to decide uh, you know, how and where they organise their resources. So a question to finish then, if you were able to summarise, what would you each say was the key message of the report? So from my perspective, I think it's this, that the industry has to change for it to remain relevant and for it to continue to grow in the future. But it can't change simply by itself. That actually it needs the government at central and local government level and regulators to work with it to bring about that change. So what, is it, what, is the, what are the barriers to growth that we need to remove? Who's going to help meet the skills gap, get the right migration policy? 
uh, the right infrastructure. So at the heart of this is a, is a plea uh, by the industry to work in partnership with government and regulators so we actually continue to see the UK being a global financial centre. Absolutely, that's very clear. And for me, building on that, which I completely endorse, is this need for the industry to rediscover um, the trust in, in society. Uh, I think financial services products are incredibly important. I'm not, I'm not sure consumers always realise the importance of them until they're reminded of that fact. But the industry has such an important role to play in society, rebuilding that trust with its customer base for me, alongside the partnership is critical. Yes, very good point. Very good point to put it together. Thank you very much to both of you. That was a, a really interesting discussion. And thank you to everyone for listening. Please sign up for further episodes of our podcast and you can listen to past episodes by logging onto our website, pwc.co.uk forward slash Brexit. Mm-hmm.